This is a podcast. Okay. And we play D&D. We only play it on this podcast. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I'm your Dungeon Master, Paul, and I'm joined, as usual, by my four friends. Hey, guys, it's Jeremy. I play Lorik Darkbolt. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Sir Vance Off the Wall. I'm Alan, and I play Jimalil Karth. Hey, I'm Red. I play Kellen. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Why? Why? So before we begin with our description of last week's episode, I'm going to roll this giant d20 and see how things go. Yeah, you are. That's a 13. (gasps) Unlucky. Listen, I might die this episode, so you needed a nat one. I was hoping for a 20. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Okay. So last time, our party ran into trouble that they did not expect. As they traveled through Fallen Grove and the... Negative effects of the sanction began to wear heavily on Lorik as they slowly faded away from Cervantes. Our group found themselves coming face-to-face with a Displacer Beast, which seemed specifically intent on killing Lorik. Yeah, no kidding. After an intense battle, the group managed to kill the Displacer Beast, but not before Lorik was brought down by it, and he seemed to be recovering, but when Cervantes tried to heal him, the poison of that creature was more resilient than they expected. With Lorik on the edge of death, the group rushed toward Kellen's home, and within the night, they finally arrived at the house of Dimble. Rushing up the stairs, they burst into the living room in the first knot of their home, where Kellen's dad sat at his alchemist table. Kellen? Dad. Dad, we need to clear clear table. Clear table. Uh, uh, this, uh, what, what, what's happening? Dad, these are my, these are my friends. These are my friends. Um, we were fighting a displacer beast, and uh, my friend Lorik has been a displacer beast. Yes, he immediately turns around and begins to clear off his alchemist table. He says, "Here, here, put put him here on the table." I put him on the table. Okay, you bring Lorik over and you lay him down on the table. And it's actually kind of funny because this is a table for a gnome who's like three feet tall, and so it's not it's pretty wide, but it's not very tall. It's like Buddy on in the elf world. <laughs> yes, exactly. And Lorik's his head kind of lolls over the backside. His arms and legs are hanging off every side. Kellen's dad says, well, "You said this was a displacer beast." Yes, it. As far as I know, it like stabbed him with the tendril or something, and these lines just appeared. And all right, hold hold on just a second. And he starts filtering through all these different bottles and all these filters he has on his table. He grabs one that's like a very small vial. He kind of sniffs it, looks at it, and drops a couple drops onto the wound on Lorik's chest, and nothing happens. And he, he kind of uh, grunts to himself. He puts it back. He grabs another one. He grabs this, like, a green concoction, and he tries that. He tries some powders he's got. So far, he, he tries a few different things, and nothing's having any effect. The wound's not closing up. There's there's no no reaction whatsoever. Lorik, you're completely unconscious, but you've set on with a fever, and your skin is turning paler. Oh, man. And you're, like, sweaty. He's still out, though, right? Yeah, you're still unconscious, completely yeah. unconscious. Let me just say... Everybody who's listened to this podcast so long, it's really hard for me not to talk. 
<laughs> Go ahead. I'm doing my best. Uh, I love doing this to him. I'm doing. I'm doing my best. He's unconscious. He is. He's completely unconscious. So your dad, he continues to try different things. He stops for a second. He goes, uh, hold on. And he goes over to the side where there's like this big shelf that's full of tiny drawers. He starts pulling ones out. He opens one and he pulls out this purple vial that's weird. It's in kind of like this twisted bottle. It looks very strange. And he brings it over there and he pops the cork on it and he puts two or three little drops on the wound. And after a second, you guys begin to hear this like sizzling noise. And you can see on the wound that that stuff's kind of bubbling up. It's peroxide. And... Yeah, it's peroxide. He's he's just trying to you know get all the infection out. No, he he drips that onto that, and after a few moments, this black smoke rises up off of the wound, and it goes up off of his body. Probably I don't know a foot, two feet in the air, and you guys are kind of watching it. And as it does, it goes into the air, and once it gets about eye level with you, Servants, it makes the shape of a black. I don't know how would you describe it, like a swirly. Oh. Okay. And then after a few moments, as it's kind of suspended there over him, the room almost seems to get a little dimmer and colder, and you can all feel it. Mm. Kellen, your dad looks up at the black swirl, and then he kind of looks at you. Do you, f- you feel that, son? Yeah. What? What is that? Oh, beans. That can't be good. What is this? Kellen, you, you need to go get your mother right now. Okay. Uh, is she... She's she's outside. She she's she's singing to the to the daisies. Go okay. go 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 okay. go go. Singing. Kellen runs downstairs quickly as he can. What is this? Kellen, take you take off down the stairs as fast as you can. You break out through the front door of the house and you turn left and cut between the two trees, going a little ways off from the house where you know is the daisy field. And as you're approaching, you can hear the sound sound that you've heard dozens of times over your lifetime, your mother singing to the gardens. Mom! Mom! You break into the clearing, and there stands your mother amidst all of these daisies. She's around five and a half feet tall, bright blonde hair and striking blue eyes. She's wearing a light blue robe, as you're accustomed to seeing her do, and she's wandering around singing. She looks up at the sound of your voice as you're calling for her. Mom, you need to come with me back to the Kellen. house. Dad, Dad needs you. Quickly. Wait, what, do you, what do you mean? Is everything okay? Uh, I'll explain on the way, but you need to come quickly. She takes off running towards you. And I take off towards the house. She draws a sword okay. and kills you. Yeah, she kills you from behind. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> okay, so no. You run, leading your mother toward the front door to your house. You all reach the house quickly, run up the stairs... You come into the room. What is going on? Why? What is this black uh, uh, swirl? Listen, I, I don't. I don't know anything more than you do. Just wait. When my wife gets here, she'll probably. Oh, Elmer, please. We need your help. Come quickly. She just kind of rushes over to the table. She doesn't say anything to any of you, and she quickly scans over Lorik's body, taking a look, and she sees the wound there on his chest. Tell me what happened. He quickly begins to explain to her. I put the solution in here. He shows her the bottle. I've never seen anything like that symbol. I, I don't know what the origin of this is, but it's not good. She leans down over Lorik's face, puts her ears up to where his lips are. His breath is, is growing very, very, very short. I'm afraid he doesn't have much time. She begins holding her hands over your body, and she's chanting, you know, incantations, spells, different things. Jim, you would see her hands glow a similar autumn light color as you've seen Kellens do from time to time. But everything that she tries, it's kind of just like it was with Sir Vance. 
you see the wound kind of start to close up, but then it just stops and ekes back out again. She tries a few different things. Do I recognize anything in terms of what's going on? Like the the spell she's using, the uh, the the tincture he used. No, not specific. I mean, well, the spells she's using, yes, you've seen them. Cure wounds, you know, oh, stuff like I, that. I've heard you of know, that one. Pretty standard issue spells. I want it to be known that Kellen, the whole entire time they're doing this, is holding Lorik's hand. Lorik's dying, guys. He's dying. Jim, you would recognize some of them as standard issue healing spells, things she's trying to do. After a moment, she steps back. She says, nothing seems to be having any effect. I haven't seen a wound like this before. She goes over to that same big bookshelf filled with the tiny little drawers. You know the little drawers that they use for, like, index cards? Yeah, like at the library. Yes. She rushes over there, and she begins to kind of look through them, and she opens one of the drawers and pulls out a little brown box. She opens it up, and there are a bunch of leaves in it. She begins filtering through it, and she pulls out this slender little brown thin leaf, and she brings it over to Lorik's body, and she says, please, this has to work, and she starts crushing up in her hand, and she starts to say an incantation in Elvish, and she works her hands over his body in in like a strange pattern, and she lets the leaf kind of dust down over his body. As she does, you guys begin to smell this scent. At first, it smells like dried leaves, but then it begins to smell like something rotten. Mm. It smells like something that's been dead for a long time. All of you would have an adverse reaction to this, except maybe Jim, who apparently has trained himself to deal with all kinds of funks. What is that? It's funky. What is... (laughs) That's the best line I have ever heard on this podcast. What is that? It's funky. (laughs) I'm sorry. That got me. Sorry. What have you done? Mom, what is that? Her face turns grave, and she says, This is a truly evil poison. It is necrotic. It will slowly rot your friend from the inside out. What can we do? I'm, I'm not sure what to do. She looks around at, at Kellen, and she kind of puts her hand on his shoulder. Kellen, what, what, what did this? It was a displacer beast. That's all I know. It, it, it stabbed him. A displacer beast? She turns to her husband. What would a displacer beast be doing on the outstretches of the forest? He just shakes his head. He, he's he's at a loss. Is there nothing we can do? Or I I don't know what to do. Um, she she for the first time now after walking into the room, she turns and she looks and she sees the five of you, including Guy, who's standing there, and she sees Servant standing there, just decked out, full armor. The pike on his back and on his chest she sees the symbol, the light blue phoenix with the golden son of Pelor. And when she does, she quickly looks up at you. I'm sorry, Kellen, is this your friend? Yeah, Mom, this is uh, Sir Vance. Sir Vance, are you a paladin, perchance? Yes. I've heard that paladins have the ability to heal these sorts of illnesses. Have you tried healing him? I tried using... What did I try using? Your lay on you heel. tried using your lay on hands. Lay on hands. I don't have any uh, spell slots left, do I? I don't think. I think I no. used them on that battle. Yeah, you did. You're pretty drained from all your divine magic. Yeah. I I tried healing him with a, a skill I have, but it didn't work. Nothing nothing happened. It looked like it was going to heal up, and then it just went back to black. So it, it, it seemed like it was working, but then it didn't work? Yeah. I don't I don't understand this. I, I don't know what this is. Have you all been sanctioned? Mom, everyone 
has been sanctioned, but Lorik. And Kellen just kind of points to him. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure what to do. I'm going to pray to Paylor. Okay. You're just going to take a knee right there? Yes. Okay. Paylor. Lorik is in trouble. And he's the one who's supposed to be guiding us. But it should have been me. It should have been me. Do you actually pray that? Yeah. My paladin can't even pray. Okay, you pray that, and as you do, you're, it's like you can hear the voice of the high cleric Glaron in your head. Ooh. He's saying, just like you remember him saying, but it's kind of like a flashback forced on you. And you remember, as you said, this soulless ginger who is so <laughs> unsure of himself is supposed to be the one. Vance, I don't know what to tell you. Our faith and our trust must be in Paylor. Very well. But of course, our faith and our trust is in you as well. Of course. And the power of Paylor goes with you. I believe that you can help him. I believe that he will be led by the god, but I believe that you will be the arm that wields the sword. Oh. And suddenly you feel emboldened. I'm so bold. You feel empowered as if some of your virtue, your divine abilities have been restored. How much? We're not we're not we're not dealing with like specifics. I'm not, you know, it's not you have this many spell slots, you have this many blah 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 you feel like you can try again to heal him, okay? Yeah. We're, we're not dealing with, in this situation, this is kind of an aside. We're not dealing with, like, just a random poison and you're gonna, you can cure that poison. This is something different. And you guys don't know what it is, and Kellen's parents don't know specifically what it is either. Lovely. Do I know what it is? No, you do not. Now... Servants, I'm not going to have you roll for that, okay? You're given this kind of boost by Paylor, and you know that you have an opportunity to try one more time. Can I make an arcana check? You sure can. I did. I rolled the dice, mm -hmm. and it is a 22. Oh, wow. That's really good. Yeah, it is. You sense that the poison is not arcane in nature. Gasp. It's not necromancy, okay? Mm -hmm. She mentioned necrotic poison, right? But it, it's not like it was done by a necromancer. This 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 magic is not arcane, but it is unnatural. You can sense something off about it. I shiver and shudder. Servants, you stand back up from your prayer? Yes. Elamir, Kellen's mother, is standing there. She says, Do you have a word from, from your god, from Pelor? I'm going to push her out of the way. Not like hard or anything, just kind of, you know, with my Okay, arm. you kind of step up to push her aside, and she says, wait, wait, wait. Before you do anything, listen. I'm afraid that our abilities to heal him are being impeded by the fact that he has not received the sanction. It doesn't matter at this point. I'm afraid it does. Okay, well, it's not like I can give him a sanction right now. You can't, but perhaps I can. And she turns around, she places her one hand on Lorik's forehead. She goes down onto her knees, because, I mean, like I said, this table's really short. 
She places one hand on Lark's forehead and one hand over the wound on his chest. And she turns to you all and she says, wish me luck. And she casts the spell Dream. The spell Dream allows her to enter into the unconscious mind of someone who's asleep. Now, typically in Dungeons and Dragons, this is not something that can be used on elves, for elves don't actually sleep. They go into a meditative state where they, you know, they're not really sleeping. But in this particular instance, Lorik has been placed under some sort of a magical sleep, a restless, evil slumber. Wonderful. And Lorik, from the moment that you last spoke to Sir Vance, told him you didn't want to die, and then drifted into unconsciousness. You have been reliving Groundhog Day style the same nightmare over and over and over. That nightmare involves you in a grove. You come rushing into the grove alone, wielding both of your wands, your wand of wonders in one hand and your standard wand in the other hand, Mm -hmm. to find that the tree is already dead. No. That it's long dead. Am I covered in blood? You're not. The leaves are littered all over the ground, and the tree is opened up, and the stone is gone. And when you rush forward I'm too late. to check it, not only are you too late, but your friends are all there. Sir Vance is there. Jim is there. Guy is there. And Kellen is there. And they are all dead. Whoa! Just ripped apart where's, by something. Where's the Even st- me? Where's the stone? Where's All of you. Vance, wake up! Wake up, Vance! Kellen! Jim, Jim, wake up! What happened? As you run around, you're checking their bodies, you're looking for any clue. Every time you hear the sound of some terrible, deep, dark laughter just resonate through the grove, and then everything goes dark and the dream starts over again. Over and over and over again, you have been going through this dream since the moment that you went under. Every time you rush in, you're just a little too late. Your friends are already dead. Was so... What happened? Why was it? I'm going to make it. Uh... Where's the stone? Vance! Wake up, Vance. Sir Vance, please. Please, I can't do this again. Kellen! Somebody! You look up down on your knees trying to shake Kellen awake and appearing before you is a vision that is it's almost hard to look at her at first because it's really dark in here and she seems to glow and emanate this this yellow light but after a moment your eyes kind of adjust and you see standing before you a beautiful elven lady with bright blonde hair striking blue eyes wearing a beautiful light blue robe as she quickly rushes towards you and falls down on her knees and she kind of puts her hands on Kellen and the look on her face is just pure horror. Get get, get away! Who are you? Are you laughing? Were, were you laughing? She kind of shakes her head for a moment. She looks at you. She says, Lorik, we don't have much time. Who, who are you? What do you, what do you want? My name is Elamir. El- I am Kellen's mother. You have to listen to me. None of this is real. <laughs> Kellen's dead. This is your nightmare, Lorik. My night? Trust me. What do you mean? What a- you must receive. Where's the stone? Where am listen, I? Listen, listen, Lorik, listen. You must accept the sanction. 
The sanction? Yes. The si- it's been trying to kill me. No, no, Lorik. This dream is from it. The sanction this is, is not what's hurting you. What's... Where's Vance? I don't know what this... She's looking around. She says, I don't know what this is. But listen to me. Without the sanction, your body won't respond correctly to magic in the forest. You have to accept the sanction. I don't... I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. The forest is ready to give you the sanction. It's been ready from the moment that you entered into its borders. What what, what do I do? What do I have to do? How do I do it? You are resisting it. Whatever it is. Resisting it? It's been trying to kill me. It poisoned me. No, listen to me, Lark. You need to calm down. Listen to me. You need to accept it. The sanction will gladly accept you if you will take it. But to do so, you have to leave behind all of your prejudices, all of your concerns, anything in your life that would keep you from accepting Fallen Grove, accepting Atonia. You have to let it go. You are a high elf. I know what goes through your mind, what goes through the minds of all of our people. You need to let it go or it will kill you. Let it go. He's like weeping it over Kellen's body. How? Wh- what do you mean? I- she reaches up and she puts her hand on the side of your face and she kind of wipes the tears off from under your eye and she smiles and she says, just accept it, Lorik. And then she fades away. Well, El- Elamir! El- Elamir! Where, where did you go? You hear that laughter starting to crank up again. I stand up and mm. fire my wands at the laughter. Just straight up into the sky? Wherever it's coming from. Just kind of coming from all around you. I shoot magic missiles straight up into the sky. Okay. You do so, and where it pierces the top of the grove, you see like a small sliver of light shine through. Paylor? Etonia? And I like walk over towards the light to where it's like Mm -hmm. streaming down on my face and like stare up into it. It's not real. It's not real. It's not not real. It's not real. Etonia? Kellen? The light's getting slowly bigger. I, I don't understand what's happening, but it's not real. It's... Vance is alive. I'm I'm asleep. I'm asleep. It's getting bigger. I, I'm here. I'm here to help. Uh, Etonia? Paylor? Anybody? You hear Elamir's voice one more time. Accept the sanction, Lorik. I, I take the sanction. I let it go. I, I'm sorry. When you say, I'm sorry, the leaves of the tree light up all around this clearing. And the light is so bright, you can feel it on your skin like you're suddenly standing in a warm summer day. And you start to slowly float up toward the top of the ceiling of this grove. And your eyes open. (gasps) You're laying on the table. 
Elamir is standing with her hand over the wound on your chest, and she says, Now, Paladin. I put my hands on Lorik. You do. You feel the typical power flow through you when you cast Lay on Hands, and that divine energy seeks out this disease in Lorik's chest, and she is casting all of her spell slots, basically, every healing spell that she knows. And you two are fighting a war with you trying to locate and destroy the disease and her trying to heal the flesh. And after a moment... The wound closes, the lines disappear, and Lorik, you take a deep breath. Vance, Vance, you're alive. Vance. You mean you're alive. Kellen, Jim, you're you're okay. Me? Kellen. What are you talking about? Kellen, your your chest is, there's no holes. What? Vance. Are are you okay? You're fine now, you're... Everything's gonna be okay. El- El- Sir Vance and my mom helped you. You're you're gonna be okay. Yeah, he's just kind of staring at Elamir. Welcome back, Lorik. <laughs> you saved me. Why did you save me? You were in my d- dream. I dreamed, Vance. I dreamed. Well, how? Thought you didn't sleep. <laughs> I don't. I don't. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you. And he like he is like trying to sit up on the table, trying mm-hmm. to bow to Elamir. You're a little weak, but your strength is coming back really quickly. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. My my robes they're they're ruined. Oh, I'm sure we can how, find some robes for you here. How did you find me? Find you. You found me. In my, I was in a dark place. Oh. And you showed up like a light. Well, uh, that is just a, that's a, an old trick. Like a wrecking a trick. ball. Did someone really just say, came in like a wrecking ball? <laughs> like, yeah, that, it was like, me. Is it red? I thought it was Jeffrey, but when you All said. All right, Molly, if you're out there, you, you can guest star on the show. One time. <laughs> no. No, you can't. One time. You cannot. Wrecking ball. <laughs> I knew you were trouble when you walked in. Wait okay. a minute. Okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> let's let's continue with this episode. Tea swizzle. Well, it's just it's just some magic that I've I've acquired. Magic, Ma- magic, like a magic. I- like yes. how? You you know the weave? I cast a spell. I I could be wrong, but you appear to be a wizard. I, I'm Lark Darkbolt from Venthaven. My my father is Darkbolt of the the council. Ah, well, welcome to our home, Lorik. And she puts her hand on her husband's shoulder. I'm Elamir, as we've already been introduced. Elamir Dimble, this is my husband, Grenuncle. Uh, you're Kellen's parents. That's right. That's our boy. Ke- Kellen, why yep. are you so short? You you have a you're half elf. Well, uh. I guess <laughs> he's adopted. I guess you could say that. Kellen was adopted. Um, <laughs> wait, what? But we love him just the same. You already, we already discussed <laughs> no, that. You already knew. No, that. I was, I was doing that. All oh, purpose. he really is adopted. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. Yeah, she reaches over and kind of rubs your hair when she says that. I thought his mom was a dwarf. <laughs> I do want to just point out, though, it is kind of funny because I am in between height. Of my mom and my dad. Like my dad is shorter than I am. Yeah, but but my mom is taller than me. He is, but not by a lot. You know what I'm saying? 
I love you, Mom. I love you, Dad. So, Kellen, when are you going to introduce us to all your friends? Yeah, um, so you met Lorik in the weirdest way possible. This is Sir Vance, off the wall, and you met him, and then... Off to wall. It's off to wall, Kellen. You should off know to this. Wall, not off the wall. Sir Vance, off to wall. This is Sir Vance, off to wall. In character. And this is Jim. Hey. And this is Guy. Oh, um, hello. Nice, nice, nice to meet you, ma'am. And Guy is like blushing hard. <laughs> I taught him well. <laughs> that, that Jim says that was some interesting magic you used there. Yes, what it was really that? was. Uh, Jim, you should have. She, she, she was in my dream. Oh, can you teach me how to go into dreams? Oh, um, possibly. Uh, are Just don't you... go into mine. <laughs> Never into mine. Please. Oh, Whoa, um, Jim? Jim? I feel so much better. Guys, guys, I feel it smells good in here. It didn't a few minutes ago. No, it didn't. <laughs> That's Mom, true. Mom, what was that? It that really was... didn't. It smelled really gross. That was disgusting. It was funky. <laughs> it was funky. Uh, your dad says, yeah, that, that was some pretty rough smelling stuff. I'm so. What? Did I do it? <laughs> yes, it was you. It was your rotting carcass. Ro- rotting? Yeah, you was actually pooped on the table a little bit. Oh, no. No. What's for dinner? <laughs> oh, you all look so tired. Did, did you run through the night? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't run. I woke up here. I was. You're welcome. There was a, there was a monster, and it, it like tore my neck, and my, I, I'm healed. Like you, you are still very tired, though, Lorik. My skin feels clean and and healed, but yeah, I mean, I, my spell slots are probably all gone though, so I I could use some sleep. Look, what I tell you, what? Why don't we we'll set up Kellen's room for the four of you to or the five of you? I'm sorry for for the five of you to get some rest, and we'll wake you up in a few hours for some some dinner. Okay, thanks, mom. And Kellen <laughs> walks up the stairs. And goes you, just like, okay, mom. Yeah, and he's gonna go to his room. Love you, mom. <laughs> guys, fu- <laughs> guys, come on. We're gonna play Smash Brothers in the in our room. <laughs> We're just gonna go play Call of Duty. <laughs> Three sixty no scope. Anyway, okay. Come on, guys. I'll show you to my room. Let's go. Uh, Lorik stands up. Uh, uh El- Elamir. Yes, Lorik. Um. I'm 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 exhausted, but I I would love to talk to you sometime soon. Sure, there's no rush. We can talk. We'll talk this evening. Uh, uh, thank thank you. And he like still has I don't know. He's teed up. Might be the way to say. It. I don't know. He he stares her like in, in, directly into her eyes for for a while, and then falls killing. Okay, as you guys follow Kellen upstairs, she and Grenuncle kind of gather some things from their room, and they meet you all in Kellen's bedroom. Kellen, you can take them into your room. I was going to say, is the bridge still there? Is that Did you take that out, or is that part of it? Yeah. No, the bridge is still there. Okay, so the way this works is we like go upstairs, and uh, we cross this little bridge into the other it's tree. It's like McDonald's play place. Yeah, it's, it's literally... Like that. Exactly like that. We're actually going to eat chicken nuggets. We're going to eat chicken nuggets for uh, dinner. Are they vegan? 
The secondary tree that you all saw when you came into this one is actually where Kellen's room is located. And Kellen opens up the door, and it's, like, gnome-sized. So, probably going to have to, like, duck. But <laughs> It is McDonald's play place. <laughs> it is. He lives in a play place. Wow. He goes, um, guys, this is, this is my room. And he opens up the, the door and walks inside. And there's a little tiny bed. There's also, like, a little hammock as well. And then there's this piece of stretched animal skin with a badly drawn cat hanging from a tree that says hang in there oh my gosh welcome to my room guys this is this is basically it so let's get us some pizza rolls and some mario kart yeah yeah and over to the side is a tv and a switch (laughs) oh wow kellen a nintendo switch is like the best console available right now (laughs) it really is so true for real though but lorik's more like oh thank thank you kellen I think I'll just sit here in the corner and, and meditate. Okay. Is this it? Come on, man. We need some bigger beds than this. Where are we supposed to sleep? Um. Where's all the money? <laughs> um. <laughs> where's your Scrooge McDuck level gold mine that we're going to swim through? I don't, I don't know what to say here. I'm sorry. I don't have anything else. Where's the retainers? Uh, um. Where's the servants? Well, where's your library? <laughs> Where is the library? About that time, Elamir and Grand Uncle come walking in. They've got some cots, blankets, and things like that. Oh, well, there are the cots and blankets that you were asking for. If Elamir's in there, Lorik stands up the whole time she's there. Me too. I hope that this will be comfortable enough for you all. I'm sorry we don't have... Uh, we don't really get many visitors, honestly. Oh, believe me, this is far better than the hard ground with all those roots and I mean it's hard to find a good bed of moss but this far outweighs all the moss and all the land what he says is true yes well I'm I'm glad thank you lady of the wood I also would like to let it be known that Kellen's countenance has kind of gotten a little bit sad sad he's like trying to hold it in but he just kind of looks really really upset your mom totally notices that Thank you so much for the cots. Oh, you're welcome. Kellen, is is everything okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine, Mom. I just really wanted to show my room to a really good friend, but uh, he went somewhere else, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Guy kind of steps over to you. Kellen puts his hand on your shoulder. He's like, I'm sure Charlie would have really liked it, Kellen. Yeah. Um, How would you fit Charlie in here? Well, I would put him... Right over here, and he like shows this empty spot that is not filled with anything, and that's why it would be a good place for Charlie because there's nothing there. Mm. That's where I'm staying, though. Well said. You go over there and put your cot down and lay down on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. So I don't really do that. Oh, okay. Yes, Jim. Jim says something along the lines of, "Don't rangers animals come back?" What do you mean? Isn't there a magic where if your animal turns into leaves or can crap, that it reforms? <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking We're Jim, all fired. What are you talking about? You're on the right track, Jim, but maybe backtrack on the turns into leaves and crap thing. Uh, I, I recall studying in my time the magics of different uh, 
peoples and styles and such that a ranger, you know, whenever you, you have your magic animal that follows you around, if it if it gets killed, it doesn't it come back eventually? Is it the, I don't know if it's the same one, but I wanted to say yes. Elamir says, Kellen, did you did you get a, an animal companion? Well, yeah, I, I like, guess. Like a spirit companion, not not just an animal, like a spirit companion. A spirit what? What do you... Your dad steps up. Son, you, you understand what she's saying. Did you find a bear in the woods and tame it, or did you gain a spirit companion? Well, yeah, I, I, I found a bear in, in the wild, and I helped him out of a trap because he was caught. I guess we became friends. I didn't know that he became a, a spirit companion. What, what is that? Elamir kind of walks over. She puts her hand on your head. She looks at you, and it kind of just seems like she's trying to console you. But really, what she's doing is she's like filling you out. You know, and she says, "Kellen, you've you've changed since you were last here. You've been through a lot." <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, Kellen. Why don't you just get some rest for now, and we'll talk about this this evening. Okay. You all, please, feel safe in our home. Get some sleep. I, I, thank, thank you, lady. And Lorik sits cross-legged in the corner. Yes, thank you, my lady. She leaves the room. I will state once they leave, um, Kellen goes over to a little trunk and oh boy. pulls out of the trunk these little pajamas, it looks like. And it's like a onesie. And it, it has the design of leaves sewn into it. And he changes out wow. of his armor into a onesie. So Kellen puts on footed pajamas. Yes. Lorik just strips down naked. <laughs> no, please. <laughs> no. Jim casts blindness on himself. <laughs> Put on my robe and my wizard hat. Oh, man. So everybody kind of lays down to go to sleep. Everything's getting real quiet. Even though it's daytime, it's not super bright in here. There are a couple of windows, but the forest itself isn't super bright. So it's kind of like a warm, dim afternoon, good for a nap. And right as you guys are kind of starting to get sleepy, God just speaks up from the corner and he says, Your mom's really hot, Kellen. <laughs> guy, excuse me, guy. That's I do not appreciate that. Uh, just, I'm just saying. You'll You'll speak... Only properly of the lady of this house. You're right. I shouldn't have said that. What I meant to say is she's just she's really she's really beautiful and really nice. Thank you, guy. I don't understand why you're so defensive, Lark. This is Kellen's mom we're talking talking about here. Yeah, I mean, thank you. She yes, she's a very beautiful lady. Um, yeah, Lark. Why are you being so defensive? She is just great, great, very, very great lady. She's always just. Loved people. That's uh, I honestly think that's why my mom and dad got married. That's what my dad's always told me. Because they, they loved, loved each, each other. other. Yeah, it's weird, huh? Because <laughs> she cared for people. You bunch of doofuses. Gosh, for love. It was for love. <laughs> Kellen, you told me, you told me about your mother being a wood elf. Yeah, I think that she's higher than my family. I think she's highborn. Wood elf or not. I think she's she's one of the best of us. And Lord drops his head. That's what Guy was saying the whole time. And I think that's where we're going to end it. Woosh.
Thank you so much for tuning in for Make Believe Heroes. Now, before you switch the podcast off, we do have one more special scene for you to hear. So stick around till after the outro to hear that. Hopefully you will enjoy it. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you have, then you should let us know. You should do that by writing us a five-star review on iTunes. We greatly appreciate that. Helps us get noticed on iTunes. You could also send us a letter in the form of an email. Our email is in the show notes. Or you can contact us on Twitter. We've had some interaction with some fans on Twitter. We love doing that. We love hearing from you. And if you're listening to the show, please just do us a favor. Holler at us. Let us know that you're enjoying the show. Couldn't tell you how much that means to us. Of course, if you've liked what you've heard in this episode regarding these special sound effects, you should check out BattleBards.com and TabletopAudio.com. And I guess that does it for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next Monday. We love you. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. distance, beyond the never-ceasing drip of a dark cavern entrance, a tall figure cloaked in shadow enters from the light beyond the mouth of the cave. Inside, the cold stone walls transform into the sleekest obsidian, trimmed with a shadowy silver. The figure approaches a high seat near the back of this dark hall. The interior is shrouded in total darkness as if the gaping cavern maw devours any light that attempts to penetrate its shadow. As the figure reaches the first step up to the high chair, they kneel in reverence. The beast was destroyed, my queen, but there was much red blood. Perhaps the elf was wounded. The darkness could overtake him yet. A woman shifts on the high chair, shrouded in a darkness beyond which even the kneeling figure cannot see. That is unfortunate. Have you tracked them? Where have they gone? Our scouts say that they are in the house of the alchemist, your grace, and the druid, one of the Honoria selves, my queen. Ugh! These elves, they have no idea what is coming. They waste their days sitting in their circles and walking in their gardens. Soon we will strip it all away. Balance will be restored to Manumi. Are my shadows prepared? Your servants are ready at your command, my queen. Good, good. You shall lead them yourself, Colmas. As you wish, my queen. Shall I destroy them for you? Yes, she said. I believe you should. Kill the druidic Dartak, said the queen, using some unknown curse in her native tongue, and find the elf, the Dark Bolt, and bring him to me. The tall figure stood with a venerable bow and headed back toward the cave's exit. 
Outside the cave, the shadows stood waiting for their captain. Muttering amongst themselves in a language forgotten to time, the tall figure addressed them to silence. Now we hunt. Kill them all, but capture the elf. Now, run. They move through the forest like leaves on the wind, jumping from shadow to shadow, driven toward their prey with a hunger for blood, for death.